0: Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we're going to begin our reading at verse number one there. And I will, uh, as you're reading there, obviously this is Mother's Day. And I want to talk to you just a little bit. I want to read something to you that, that sort of hones in on the, on the influence of a godly mother in the life of a son in particular. Just listen to this real quick carefully as you turn to Ephesians 5 and 1. The wise man pursues knowledge. The pursuit of knowledge may lead a man to science, medicine, philosophy, or to any number of life-changing experiences. This is the story of one man's pursuit for knowledge and a mom's love that changed him forever. More than anything, he desired, this man desired to be a scholar, one who was famous for his reasoning and his intellect. This man was respected by his peers and pedagogues alike. Behind his academic prowess, however, there was a selfish desire to obtain personal happiness and pleasure. Any energy that was left after his academic studies was focused entirely on enjoying the pleasures of the flesh. A beautiful woman would catch his eye, and he could not control his lusts and sexual desires. As far as he was concerned, women were only good for one thing, and you know what that is. After years of seeking empty pleasures, he began to grow weary of his shallow lifestyle. He was disillusioned with himself and his wicked ways. There was a disconnect in his soul, an uneasy feeling that his life was in need of drastic change. He began to ask himself, why am I living like this? Well, in his search for answers and redemption, He came face to face with something unexpected along the way, his heritage. This man's past was fragmented and disjointed. Although his father was well respected in the community, he lacked sense of principle and was utterly immoral, setting a less than desirable model for his young son. His mother was the complete opposite, though. A spiritually strong woman, she was deeply convicted about the world's injustices and was relentless in her faith. She did everything she could to instill nobility and goodness in her son, believing that he would find a life filled with purpose. Unfortunately, for most of her lifetime, he chose to model his actions after his father's sinful example. Time and time again, Choice after choice, he slipped into his sexual desires. As he began to turn from his, from his hedonistic pursuits, this man tried to settle down with one woman. She loved him deeply, gave birth to his only child a son, but his father's influence poisoned how he related to women. And he constantly struggled with how to love her and only her. Fueled by frustration, he finally resolved that if he could not manage his desires, he would abstain from women entirely and ultimately chose a life of celibacy. Well, the years passed and filled primarily with academia and a constant pursuit for reconciliation, his father passed away and though his negative presence was gone, the examples he had set for his son remained. On a cool summer day, desperate to be free of his inner demons, this man stopped fighting and surrendered himself completely to God. The God his mother has spent a lifetime directing him to. His heart was changed. Now, instead of living a life lashing out at his mom, he established a new relationship with her. And any son out there, I want to tell you, make sure you got a good relationship with your mom. Can I say it again? And any daughter, make sure you got a good relationship with your mom. You may not agree with her. She may she may do things differently, but please pursue a, a, a healthy relationship with mama. Listen to this. He says uh, the, in addition to restoring a healthy relationship with his mom, it also improved his relationship with women in general. A relationship with Christ helped restore his relationship with his mother. He later shared his whole story in in, in his in his confessions. Now, Augustine and his mother, Monica, are both considered Christian saints. This mother's influence, it took years, but it over it overshadowed the negativity that he received from a father who knew not the Lord. And I want to tell you on this Mother's Day, uh, moms, you keep pouring into your children, even when they're grown, pour gospel insight into them. Share some of your experiences and allow them to reap the benefits of your journey in faith. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Now, if we as we go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, we're going to start our reading at verse number one. And this chapter, this particular section of Ephesians five, which which we've been studying for the last two and a half months. This chapter is going to talk about following after God. Everybody say following after God. We're going to continue to talk about some things we got to walk in because we, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about walking it out, correct? So let's start reading at verse number one of this fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a what? Sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God, can we stop right there for a second? Now, uh, we talked about uh, again on last week. We wrapped up the fourth chapter. Look, look at your notes. In the fourth chapter, we talked about the walk of the Christian believer. The believer is to walk worthy of his call, we discovered the believer is to walk in by using his gifts. And, and when it comes to using his gift, every believer is gifted. Right? Everybody say, "I have a spiritual gift." Every believer's gift has cost the greatest possible price because Christ Jesus gave his life. I don't care for us. Every believer's gift is Christ-centered. We're not talking about something you learn uh, and, and cultivate over here. years. We're talking about a spiritual gift. Uh, every believer's gift has a threefold purpose, we discovered. Number one, a, number one, an immediate purpose, which is to equip other believers. Number two, an eternal purpose, which is to become a perfect man in Christ. And that will happen when we see him face to face. And lastly, a personal purpose. That gift is to, to, for us to no longer be children, but to grow up in all things and to do his part, to do our part in building up the church. So every one of you all in here have a gift. And I've told you, your gift is given to you so you can help build the church. Everybody say, my gift has been given to me by Holy Ghost, by God the Father, so that I can help build the body of Christ. All right, so you have an assignment. You know you have gifting. And so my encouragement as 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 the person who's speaking today is utilize your gift to help build the body. And we learned it in that fourth chapter now. As as we end that fourth chapter, the Apostle Paul told us what to turn away from in that fourth chapter. Now in this fifth chapter, he begins by telling us what to follow after. How many know you can turn away from something, but if you don't follow after the right thing, you can get right back in the same place you were before you turned away? Can I get a witness? So we got to turn away from something, but we got to connect to something also. So we're talking about following after God today. He says here, Uh, The KJ the the, the NLT says, imitate God. The KJV says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Uh, In the Greek, there's a Greek word called mimites, which we we get our English word mimics. And it means to mimic or to imitate God. How many of y'all know that all of us, having grown up in the house with our mom and our dad, uh, and depending on who, how much time you spent with each one of those, how many of all of us have gleaned some characteristics that we saw in our parents? All right. OK, I need I need some hands raised. How many of y'all know you got some ways like your mama? And some ways like your daddy. Right, right. If I were, if I were to, to 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 interview somebody who knows you and your mom, they, they're probably going to see some similarities in you. S- some good. That's a lot of good stuff. And that may be some not so good stuff that we need to, to let, the, let the Lord help us with, right? How many of y'all got some stuff in you? You know, you say, Pastor, I know that's, 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 that's my mama showing up in me and I got I to let the Holy Spirit help me on that. Anybody? I'm raising my hand. Anybody got some mama stuff that's great? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Anybody got some mama stuff that's not so great? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, Mother's Day, we don't, we don't like to talk about the stuff that's not so great. But it's, it's, it's important for us to understand it so that we can go back and get released from the stuff that was not so great. It's hard to go forward until you go back first. Just like the guy I read to you about in, in, in that true story there, that guy had some stuff that had been cultivated in him from his father's example. And because of he never dealt with it, until he dealt with it, he was still walking off track and not in line with God's word. So all of us, uh, whether we realize it or not, imitate or we mimic or we follow after our moms and our dads in a lot of our character traits. Can I get a witness? So, 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 So we get into this fifth chapter, who to follow after, okay, following after God. This sets the theme for this entire section. Paul is simply, Paul is simply here arguing that children are like their parents. A fact that can be both, again, as I said, it can be encouraging, but it also can be embarrassing to those of us who have children. Because sometimes our children take on our traits and they took it on because they saw us doing it. And and I'm I'm fond of saying this, children do more of what they not necessarily what they talk but what they caught, and you catch stuff by seeing stuff. How many of y'all know uh, that sometimes as parents we sit around and we'll talk and we'll do certain stuff and we think our children are not listening to us. But why is it that when you when they get by themselves they can mock you they can talk just like you? They know exactly your mannerism, because whether we realize or not, when we're in a relationship, I'm talking about close relationship with any other human being. They begin to observe our actions. They begin to to understand our mannerism and and our children especially will pick up on some of that stuff. So we got to make sure that as parents that we bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Again, children probably learn more by watching and imitating than any other way. If we are the children of God, then we ought to imitate our father. If you've been born again, if you are a child of God, just like you follow after and imitate your earthly father and mother, we ought to pick, on, pick up the trace of our heavenly father. Can I get a witness? Now, again, when we look at this thing, this passage, we're going to look at three, three things or three admonitions that we are told to follow after in, in, in likeness of our father God. He says, verse number one, take God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear, what? Children. You are his dear children. Now, look at verse number two. It says what? Live a life filled with what? Love, following the example of whom? Christ. He, what? Loved us, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to whom? To God. Now, now the admonition here uh, ties in with the last two verses of the previous chapter where Paul has warned us against bitterness and anger. Can we go back there right quick? Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Look down with me at verse number 31 and 32. I just want to walk through the scriptures on this Mother Day and encourage each one of us to take hold of these admonitions and, 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 and hide them in our heart. So that we can be like the psalmist who who said, Thy word have I what? hidden in my heart that I might not what? sin against you, God. Many times we find ourselves stepping outside the boundaries in the word of God because we don't take the time to hide his word in our heart. Oh, yes, I know you go to church, and we say that so proud. I, don't, I go to church every Sunday. I'm, I'm part of a, a Zulu Baptist Church number two on, 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 the, on the south side of town. Now, you, you can say all that, but it's more than—I don't know where Zulu Baptist Church number two on the south side of town came from. Zach, you got to help me, brother. I don't know. But wherever you go, it's not about you just going to assemble. It's about walking this stuff out. It's about showing it to your wife, showing it to your husband, showing it to your children, showing it to your co-workers, showing it to your fellow church members, showing it to your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. the words up, First thing we know is God is love. So we are to walk in love. But, but watch what he says. Here. He says, get rid of what? All bitterness. All what? Rage. Anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of, in other words, stop doing all the bad stuff. Instead, what? Stop, stop, stop. Now, notice, guys, this is the Apostle Paul. Who's he writing to? The church. He's not writing to the world at large. He's not talking to those who are unsaved. He's talking to the church. Now I would think, in my little pea brain mind, why would it be necessary for him to tell the church, "Don't be bitter," because obviously there were people in the church who were bitter. There was need for him to write this because there were people in the church who were full of rage and anger, and, and was saying harsh words and slandering folks' names, as well as all kind of evil behavior. So he tells them, and he writes this to the church because there was a need for the church to change their ways in a lot of these things. Now, if you study this church here in Ephesus, you'll understand that as, as John the Revelator talked about when part started what the master Jesus said about the church of Ephesus, it's actually, it actually was a pretty good church. This was one of those churches that Paul didn't have a whole lot to say about stuff like he did in Corinth. Man, Corinth was off the chain. How many of y'all have been a part of a church that was off the chain? I mean, business meeting was fight night. I mean, you had all kind of debauchery going on, but here we, again, no churches, let me say this clearly, unequivocally, unequivocally, without fear of trepidation, no church is a perfect church. So if you leave here looking for a perfect church, get ready to leave that one. (laughs) Because if I'm there and you there, it's imperfect. (laughs) But there should be some stuff, even Paul said it, it shouldn't be named once among us. There, there should be some things. The church of Corinth was doing some stuff that, that even the world wasn't doing. So we got to make sure that we get, we, we, we understand what it means to have a relationship. I don't want you to just come to church. God wants to have a personal relationship. with you. So he said get, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And he says, uh, instead be what? Kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So if God, through Christ, has forgiven you, we have an obligation to forgive others. And we have an obligation, as a matter of fact, not an obligation, we've been commanded to be kind. So stop being unkind. We've been given a command to be what? Tenderhearted. And we've been given a command to forgive one another, right? Right? All right, so we get to this fifth chapter again. He said, we says, imitate, 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 follow after. We want to follow after God. We want to make sure that we are doing it God's way. In my life, guys, let me tell you something. Uh, that song, Minister to My Spirit, all those songs, You Brought the Sunshine when they sang that one, and the, and the other one, Lord, your word to be praised. And then, uh, what was the last one? Uh, the Goodness of God. All those songs resonated in my spirit because I'm listening to those words, and I know God has been good to me. I don't deserve to be where I am today. Amen. Amen. Do, do y'all hear me? Now you see me as I am right here, all right? But God sees me uh-huh. nothing covered. Yes, sir. Okay. Get that thought out your mind. <laughs> now when I, when I, see what, <laughs> you, 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 I mean, I know stuff that's come. you know, you're like, okay, okay, see him naked, see me. All right. I'm talking about open, transparent. Because the reality is most of us in here are not that open and transparent with much of anybody. You may have one, maybe two people, three probably tops where you just totally, you know, y'all can talk about anything. Huh? You told them what you did when you were in college. As a matter of fact, you told him what you did when you were married. You should have been doing it when you were married. God delivered you from it. You never got caught. And God hit you in the cleft of his arm. I need somebody out there who got some stuff God hid from the rest of the world to give you a chance to get out of it. Oh, don't look at me like that. If we were to play your life on a screen, this big screen here, all of us will walk out of here embarrassed. Now that that don't give you no excuse to keep on doing that, right? But what I'm telling you is I think of the goodness of God because I thank God that he kept me until he could deliver me. I thank God that he, he didn't allow me to be exposed in my weakness. And you're probably glad too that God, hit you. Now, one thing that God will do, God will always, uh, if you belong to him, he will give you an opportunity to judge it yourself. What do you mean by judging myself, Pastor? When I was, when you come here every Sunday and you're here on Wednesdays and we're talking about what the word of God says about a particular area and you know that there's an area you're struggling in, God gives you an opportunity to get out of it because if you belong to him, ultimately he'll take his hand off if you become reprobate in your thinking. You become so ingrained in that thing that can't nobody tell you anything about your thing, because that's your thing. What you want to do? And you don't want anybody to tell you who the soccer to sock it to. Doris was with me. Right. Are y'all with me? So, so but understand this. We belong to him, and it is not his desire to, to lay us out publicly. But if he has to, to get us out of what we've been engaged in for the last 10 years and you belong to him. And and, and again, he will say, "Okay, you got a reprobate mind. You're void of judgment. I'm going to pull back. I still love you. But that wall of protection that, that, that Satan was, was, was complaining about when it came to Job, said, so I can't get to him, God, because you got a wall of hedge of protection around him. If you remove that wall, I'll make him cuss you to your face. But Job, being an upright man, a man did not charge God foolishly. So all of us, when we're walking with God, God protects us, and the enemy can't get to us unless God gives him permission. But when we're born again believers and we're sitting there and we continue in a pathway of sin and you keep hearing messages and you think, oh, just isn't that a coincidence? You know, I heard the pastor talk about that, And when I, I talked to my mom, uh, she, she told she talked about the same thing. I wonder if she called pastor, or did he call her? And then when I got to work, my best friend who, who we do Bible study together, she brought the same thing. And you big dummies and they're like, well, you know, that co- no, it ain't coincidence. It's the Holy Spirit trying to say, I'm giving you a chance to remove yourself from that. And if you, if you remove yourself from it and repent from it, I'll hide you in my cleft. I don't condone your sin, but I'm not going to lay you out publicly. Now, this word is for somebody. I don't know who it is today, but God is saying you better get out of it. Can we keep moving? Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So the first thing we got to do, we got we to learn to walk in love. Go, go to 1 John, the fourth chapter. 1 John chapter number four, verse number seven. I got to move. Everybody say move, Pastor. Move. Well, thank you. I'm going to go. 1 John, the fourth chapter. Let's look at verse number seven. 1 John chapter four, verse number seven. So, so God's love. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe it to him will not perish but have what? Everlasting life. God loved us so much while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. God loved us enough to say, I want to make a way to have relationship with you. I love you in spite of your fallacies. I love you In spite of where you come from, I love you regardless of what your ethnicity is. I love you because I created you. I made you to have fellowship with and relationship with. And anytime we find ourselves walking in sin, we break the fellowship with our God. And God wants the fellowship back. He wants the relationship to be fruitful and productive and healthy. Okay, first John, the fourth chapter. And let's look, begin our reading at verse number seven. I think we're there. First John chapter four, verse number seven. Let's read. Ready? Read. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Now, now understand this. He's talking to born again believers. This letter by John is, is to born again believers. Let's keep reading. Next verse. But anyone who does not love for God is, I parked there just for a millisecond. He says, anyone who does not love doesn't really know God. Well, he's a deacon of the church. I don't care. He's been pastor for 30 years. I don't care. The text says, anyone who does not love does not know God. All right, right, that's what the word. Children, watch this, watch this. I can't fathom and I cannot reconcile a professed Christian who says they know God but yet hates somebody else because of what they look like on the outside. I can't rectify that with any passage of scripture. He says, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now watch this. Love, God's love is, 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 is... is an unconditional love. Watch what the text says. Go to the next verse. Come on, I gotta move. I gotta move. He says this: God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world, so that we might have eternal life. What? Through Him. Next verse. That's, this is real love. Everybody say real love. real love. Any of y'all ever experienced real love? Yeah. Any of y'all ever experienced agape love? Agape love is that love, it's the God kind of love, it's the kind of love that says, listen, you, did, you messed up royally, you did me wrong. And, and by right, you know, if justice were to have its way, you should be punished. But you know what? I, I, I'm not going to cut off the relationship. We still got to deal with what you did, and we got to have some rectification so we can have some reconciliation. I like that. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Some rectification <laughs> so we can have some reconciliation. It just sounded good to me. Some rectification <laughs> before we can have some reconciliation. So, 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 ha- have you ever did something that you were guilty as sin? You were wronger than two left shoes, and yet the person who who you were in relationship with had the right to say, "That's it, I'm through. I no longer want to engage with you uh, in a in a in a in a, in a in a, in a close way, I'm still going to love you. I'll even see you at church. And I might hug you and I might not. But you know what? God is, I want to give God my best. And I, I want to follow after God. God so loved us. And God God loved us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And even though you are guilty of sin, I'm going to choose to forgive you and I'm going to choose to restore the relationship. Now, when you experience that kind of love, let me tell you what it does. It transforms the way you think about love, because you know that you had you you had no right to continue in the relationship based on what you did. But that person chose to bring you back to them. Are you all with me today? That person chose. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless right now in Jesus name. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, amen, amen, chose to restore the relationship. Are y'all with me today? So that's the God kind of love, that agape love that says, yes, you're guilty. Yes, you don't deserve it. But you get a chance to still be in relationship with the God who created the heavens and earth. And I'm going to tell you something. That's what God is wanting us to do as born again believers is to show that kind of love because people can't see it unless they see it in us. Listen to me, people can't see it unless they see it in us. They can't see God, but they see you. How can you say you love God whom you never seen and hate your brother who you see every day? Keep going. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Let's keep going, guys. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Let's keep going. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression. How? All right, back up. How is God's love brought to full expression? In us or through us? So, if the world, if people are going to see the full expression of God's love, it's going to be exhibited through us who say we are born again believers. That's why. We got to learn how to walk and follow after God by walking in love. Keep keep reading. I got to keep moving. This, This is this is good. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Next verse. Let's read. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Let's keep going. Verse 15. Let's go. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God, have God living in them and they live in God. Next verse. Let's go. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in what? His love. love. God is love and all who live in love, live in God and God lives what? In them. Next verse. Let's go. And as we live in God, our love does what? Stop. Maybe your love is not growing more perfect because you're not living in God. By living in God, I mean you're living in such a way that God's commands are directing your life. Not your feelings. Here's what I personally believe. And you don't have to take this if you don't want to, but I I believe I'm right about this. I think probably the thing that trips up a lot of Christians is, is we... We make our feelings or our emotions the dominant decision in our life. Now, I'm not saying that your emotions are not involved, but your emotions should never be the dominant thing that causes you to act. Let me give you an example. Moraria, can I use you as an example? I used you last week, right? And I was not the hero of the story last week, right? I apologize to you. Before the whole church, before the whole worldwide world, the world they don't even say WWW anymore, but, but uh, over the Internet. Number three, has there ever been a time in our 37 years of marriage where you got so angry you wanted to hit me? <laughs> you said that too quick almost. There <laughs> there was only one time I can remember and I think we were married then she was a young Christian I was a young Christian and to be honest with you we, were, we didn't have examples and we hadn't studied marriage as a young Christian so, so I'm trying to help somebody again shameless plug marriage retreat last. <laughs> so shameless plug some of y'all need to go and relax and get poured into so, so shameless plug End of July, I think it's 27, 28, 29th, July, uh, we'll, we'll be doing our annual marriage giveaway. But, but we were young Christians learning how to do life. And the one time, I told you about this years ago, the one time that, that she did do that, and she never did it again, all right, uh, is we were, we were on the Athens Highway, coming from West Monroe, going back to Haynesville to minister. To do ministry. And we had got into a heated fellowship. <laughs> now, now, mind you, I'm probably 23 at this time, and she may be 21. Okay. And and we were going down, down the Athens Highway, I'll never forget it. Athens Highway. And all of a sudden she hauled off and hit me upside the head. <laughs> She's grown since then. But now what I did, like any man would do, I pulled over to the side of the highway, got the car, and I just shook her. <laughs> do ever do that again. That's a God the God-nest truth, isn't it? All right. And she's never done it again. But that was, again, that was an emotional moment. Now, some of y'all would have been on the side of the highway fighting like cats and dogs. With your Jesus is Lord license plate on the back. And you had the T-shirt on. And people riding by, oh, did not that, that minister so-and-so? But she never did again. But, but my point is, At that moment, her emotional state got so welled up that she felt like her only release was to hit me. But she's learned, I'm telling you, this sister has learned how to walk out love in a very real and genuine way. Because you got to know where she can't, she'll tell you her story. I'll let her tell, when she preached, she'll tell her story. But, but, but there are some things that she had to address from, from, from childhood that, she, that was driving some of her anger. And once she addressed it, she got delivered. Am I helping somebody out there? Because we know the Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. Don't the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And on the Athens Highway, she gave place to the devil. But now she's not. I promise you, and I'm listen. And I I, I don't get up and, and say stuff just to make make anybody look good, make myself look good. I'm telling you, the Lord has has, has brought this sister uh, from a long way such that her emotions don't drive her say. She's a very very practical, pragmatic person. I like that that gift of administration that she has, that some of y'all in here have. Where it's, she's detailed. She asks a lot of questions because as she asks questions, she's trying to unearth the right answer. But I love her for that because that's a gift thing that that I need to pull on. Amen. How many of y'all know that, that the Bible says that God gives us helpers, gentlemen, that are suitable for us? He gives moms to you that are suitable for you, child. Everything that your mama is saying, she may be off on some stuff, but everything she ain't off on. Some stuff she's already walked through and you don't know she's walked through it. All you know is you see her as mom, but mom ain't told you everything she walked through and her experiences are driving her advice to you. Okay? So this mother's day, you got a godly mother, appreciate that. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. So if I'm living like Christ here in this world, when I get to the beam of judgment to Christ, then I can I can go there with confidence. OK, so so number one, we got to walk. Everybody say walk in love. God is love. So if God is love and I belong to him, I should walk in love. That happens as we know more about our father and we allow the word of God to get inside of us because God and his word are one the same. God is love. His word is love. It's a love story. It's a love story of God for mankind. God wants to have relationship with you. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. God will forgive you if you turn to him. Repent and turn away and God will receive you. Everybody say walk in love. love. We're God's children, guys. He purchased with a great price. Next thing we got to do, we got to walk as children of light. Everybody say "Walk walk as children of light. Look at verse 3 down through 14 with me. Come on, we got to move. We're going to move through these passages, but I trust that those of you in the study have studied this. And if you're not in the study, read it when you get home, okay? But I want to move through this because I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing some of the things that we're learning on Wednesday, okay? So we got to walk as children of life. How many of you know that wherever we go, when we name the name of Christ, somebody is watching us? If you say you are a born-again believer, somebody is watching your lifestyle. They want to see how you're going to act, bro, Ray, when that thing messes up. And they come, they want to see what your response will be. Tony, they want to know how you're going to handle this thing. They want to see God in us if we say we belong to him. All right? Now watch this. Verse 3. Are y'all there? Let's go. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. He's talking to the church. Such sins have no place among God's people. Back up. Let's read it again. I don't want y'all to miss this. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Let's read on. I could unpack that for the next generation, but I'm I'm moving. Obscene stories, false talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I got to keep moving. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. You know, greed, greed, is, greed can drive a whole lot of stuff in us. Okay, greed is not just for food. The people, people are hungry for power in their life to get power. Greedy, okay? Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Oh, well, you know, come on, pastor. You know, a little bit of sexual around, it won't hurt. Come after all, pastor. You know, we're human beings. Let me tell you something. If, 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 if I as a born-again believer don't check myself and you don't check yourself. You better, in other words, you, you can find yourself engaged and indulging in things that God says if you have a practicing lifestyle of that, you may not even really know me. Because I'm not one who preached that you can be saved and do whatever you want to do. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Okay, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things, in in, in the things these people do. Talking about those Gentiles, those who are outside the church. That listen, let me say this. There should be a differentiation in how Christians handle the situation and how the world handles the situation. People should be able to see God on the inside of us, working to the outside of us. In our language, in our disposition. In how we handle things, don't participate in the things these people do. Next verse, let's go. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So do what: live as people like. So we said number one, walk in love, and number two, walk as children of light. Since God is light, guys, watch this. Since God is light, and we are imitating our Father, then we should walk in the light and have nothing to do. With the darkness. One thing that darkness does, darkness, I mean, one thing that light does is light exposes darkness. It exposes what's going on in the dark. Sin and the devil love darkness. They love sin and the devil and sin love secrecy. What he'll tell you is you can't tell anybody that. What are they going to think of you? They probably already know. You just don't know that they know. But the devil will tell you, keep it there. You've been struggling with it for a while, but you can't tell anybody about it. Hello? Am I speaking to somebody? Because Satan and sin love darkness. Satan and sin love to keep you alone, away from people who can encourage you to walk in purity and integrity. And so in order to get that deliverance, sometimes you got to connect with a believer who's strong enough to walk with you through that and not look at you differently. I need y'all to come in a little closer. Because many of y'all sitting here today are hiding secret sin. And God says, I need to, I need to use you. I want you to walk as a child of light." But I can't. You're not doing it because you've been in, you've been wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in this sinful behavior that I need to get you free from. I love you. I want relationship with you. I want it to be healthy. But we can't be healthy in relationship when, you, when you're when you practicing a lifestyle of sin. The Bible says whosoever is born of God, do not commit sin. The, the root word that means having a practicing lifestyle of you doing it. There's no remorse. You ain't trying to get out of it and you don't care who know about it. And I would challenge you, if that's your disposition, you may not know who God really is. Because if I'm born again, I may sin and I may enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But at some point in time, I got to come out of that. And whatever it takes to get out of it, I got to do to get out of it. You know, one of the things that he tells us about sexual sin in particular, because there's a lot of sexual sin that's happening in the church, is one thing you got to do is you have to, the Bible says, flee Sexual immorality. Does this make anybody uncomfortable when I talk about that? He said, Pastor, why are you talking about it? Because it's in the Bible. Paul, that's what Paul was dealing with. This, F, this church at Ephesus came out of a culture that was, that was awash in all types of sexual immorality. And some of those same folks who were in the, in, in, in the, in the temple of, God, of the goddess Diana having sex with temple prostitutes, they were now saved in the church. And Paul said, that stuff you should do, you got to put that in the past. Are y'all tracking with it today? We got to put that in the past. God loves us and God will give us a chance to get out of it. But guys, I keep saying it because in the word of God, listen, we got to make sure that we're living a life that's, that's, that's healthy spiritually. He says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Next verse, let's read. For this light within you produces only what is good and what is right and what is what? True. Go to first John one five through ten. We right it. First John one five. I gotta get it said, walk as children of light. Everybody say I gotta walk, I gotta walk. as a child, a child. of light. light. Light exposes darkness. If we were to turn these lights off, this room would get dark, except for the, the little bit of, of, of light that would come from that uh, outer hallway. Light exposes darkness. Look at what the text says. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is what? And there is no what? Darkness in him at all. Let's read. It says what? So we are lying. Wait a minute. Did, Did I just make that up? So we are what? Lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness we are not practicing the truth. So, so if, if if I'm engaging in a practicing lifestyle of sin, doing it, not trying to get out of it, no conviction. The text says I'm lying if I say I got fellowship with God. How many know you can be a Christian? and out of fellowship with God because of how you're living. And I would surmise to you and anybody here listening to me that, that if I habitually over a period of time continue to live in practicing sin and no remorse, I may not really have relationship with God. Because I can have a relationship and be out of fellowship. Just like sometimes, you know, moms and daughters, no matter what, they do, they can't fall out of relationship with you because you're still their mama. But you can bet your bottom dollar, I bet every mom in here has been out of fellowship with their children before. Can I see one hand go up? One, two, three. Out of fellowship. In other words, there were some things that, that child was doing that caused y'all's fellowship to be fragmented. Right? It caused y'all's fellowship. In other words, you didn't come home as often as you did. or you, You stopped calling because there was no fellowship there. Still your son in relationship, but no fellowship. Watch this. So we align if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Next verse, come on. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship what? With each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 8, 9, and 10, let's go. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Next verse. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Thank God. And to do what? Cleanse us from all wickedness. Verse number 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar. And showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Every last one of us here have messed up along the way. But we can't practice it. We can't stay in it. We can't wallow in it. We gotta get up out the pick pen and get back to the Father's house and get back into proper fellowship that that embodies our relationship. Can I get a witness? So lastly, lastly, get back to Ephesians the the fifth chapter. So we are to walk in wisdom. Let's look at verse 15 through 17. Walk in what wisdom? Everybody say wisdom. Am I the only one of him who has, has done some dumb stuff in life? I say that way purposely because there's some times I didn't think about stuff before I did it. There are times where I would move by my emotions and my feelings rather than the wisdom of God's word. Am I the only one? I need y'all to go with me. I need somebody to help me to say, Pastor, I've done some, some, some very unwise things in my life. And and pastor, if I had to do it all over again, I would not do it again. How many of y'all can say the same thing? You know, the old folks said, "Ain't no sense like bought sense." Y'all ever heard that before? You end up paying three thousand dollars something that you didn't have to pay for. Had you just use a little wisdom, huh? All right, I gotta move. Watch this. So 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 last we ought to walk in wisdom. He says, so be careful how you what? Live. Read it again. Be careful how you what? Live. Read it again. careful how you what? Live. Not how you go to church. Amen. Be careful how you live. Don't live like what? Fools. But like those who are what? Wise. Live like those who are what? Wise. Who are wise. Uh, next verse. Make the most of every opportunity in these what? In these what? In these evil days. Lastly, verse 17. Don't act faultlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Let me ask you a question. As I, as I promise I'm getting too close. Now watch this. How can you understand what the Lord wants you to do and you never spend time searching what the Lord wants you to do. So tell me, how smart, when did you get that smart? How, how did you become so smart that you're the only Christian on earth who can know the will of God without I ever spend time in the word of God? If God and his word are one in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh and the word men, one man and, 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 and we beheld his glory. If the word and God are synonymous, but you never spend any time trying to understand the word of God, how do you not act thoughtlessly as a Christian? Don't act thoughtlessly. Thoughtlessly, that means you didn't give, it. there's sometimes I've done things that I just, I did it on impulse. Any of y'all did it before? A lot of times when you do stuff on impulse, it costs you. Perfect illustration. How many of y'all know what a a convenience store is? (laughs) Now, you can go in a convenience store and buy the same bag of chips and the same drink you can buy at Walmart. But I promise you, as sure as I'm black, as sure as you're sitting there, that price of that item in the convenience store is going to be way more than the price of the item at Walmart or any other grocery store. Perfect illustration. Maria and I were over in Dallas-Fort Worth. We drove in uh, this, this morning. And I didn't tell this, but, but I, you know, they had a little convenience center there in a the hotel. And you can get you a water or a fountain or a grape and a, an orange. I said, I don't want to go out. I'm just going to grab this and charge it to my room. And I look at the price on that that Fanta orange drink, sixteen ounce drink, was five dollars. <laughs> did you hear me? Yeah. I said, did you hear me? Yeah. It was five dollars. <laughs> what can I get that from? From in, anybody, anybody shop enough to know how much a sixteen ounce drink costs? <laughs> Somebody said, I don't know what it costs, but it don't cost five dollars. <laughs> But 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 my impulsiveness and my lack of desire to leave the hotel, and I and I could have went down the street and just slip it away. But I didn't want to go, but I paid for the convenience. And sometimes in our life, guys, we pay for thoughtless actions. We didn't think about it. We didn't pray about it. As a matter of fact, we try. You say so. You try to put God on it. I felt led of the Lord. You don't even pray. How do you feel led of the Lord? You just told me that because I'm your pastor. But I felt led of the Lord. Is, is he saved? Well, he say he go to church. What, what do you mean he say he go to church? I'm telling y'all, y'all young ladies and y'all young brothers, quit connecting with folks and, and then try to make them be saved. You're going to do missionary day. You're going to get them saved while you're dating. Yeah, <laughs> tell me how that works. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. See, when I, when I have God's word on a situation, then I can walk in wisdom. Paul, Paul, Paul gave some reasons why we should, 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 should be accurate and careful in our walk. Because first of all, it's a mark of wisdom when we're careful in our walk. It's, it, life is short, and so we don't need to be making too many thoughtless, unprayed about decisions in our life. Because it could cost you very dearly. Uh, uh, the days are evil. God has given us a mind to think, and God has a plan. I want to understand His plan for my life, because His plan for my life will guide my life. We built the home that we're in now back in two thousand and three. There were plans drawn up to tell the builder where to put every stick of wood in the house, where to pour the driveway. It was not something that was done indiscriminately on the fly. It wasn't thought it was planned out. And God has a plan for your life and my life. And we got to make sure that we are following his plan. So listen. Walking. And following after God is crucially important for the church today. He saved you. He delivered you. He loves you. I don't care what the enemy told you. I don't care how many times you messed up. God loves you. And he wants you to draw in close to him. He's been been pulling on you for a long time. And if he has to, he'll let some of your decisions have their their ultimate repercussions in your life to get you to come to him. But why, why, why do that? Why not just say, okay, God, let me find out what your plan is in my life. And let me begin to walk in it so that I can be a blessing to those who are in my pathway. So that I can be used by you to lead others into a kingdom walk. Jesus died so that you and I could have that relationship with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed.